Power Station, 1350 WLOU. And to be praised, 104.7 FM, so you can listen longer. It is 6 o'clock. It's now time for your number one sports show. It's the main event sports show. I bring you Rashawn Myers inside the Ville and Carlos Kellum, CaptainHall.com. Bring you the host, Haven Harrington is in the house. And Haven Harrington, I know you've been uh, doing a lot of back and forth, traveling back and forth. You've got the football thing going on. How was it down there in Cincinnati for the big game just to call it? That, that was the win that your University of Cardinals have needed. You know, we've always talked about how they've struggled to close out games. Mm-hmm. They've struggled against top competition. Right? This game, Louisville controlled it from the beginning to almost the end of the game. The five minutes, five minutes and 47 seconds left to go in the game. Louisville did not score a point until like about 20 seconds left to go in the game. Cincinnati goes on 11 and 0 run, and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, here they go again. Mm. Here they go again. They're about to cough a big lead. You know, they they were up by nine points at the five minute mark, and I was like, man, Louisville's about to cough up this lead. They're going to choke. Indiana, I mean Indiana, Cincinnati uh, took control of the game, went up by two. At that point, I was like, they can't stop Kilpatrick. He's driving on Louisville. He's killing Louisville. They have no answer for him." He's Hancock fouls out. Mm. Uh, Matthew Yang, who had a great game, you know, he has fouled out. And I'm thinking to myself, it's over. Lowell's in trouble. The ball over. He was bad shots all around. Chris Jones missed the front end of the one and one. And I was like, here they go. They're about to choke away. So it comes down to the X and O, Ricky Tino. No, actually, came down to Russ Smith playing like we all knew. Russ Smith could play, and that was that was the difference in the game. That Russ Smith, you know, he came back, and you know, in, in, in the last two, literally the last like minute of the game, he's driving in. Mm-hmm. He has a, a, a just a, he's surrounded by a tree of Cincinnati players around him, and he just slings the ball over to uh, uh, Trez, Montrez Harrell. For a monster game. Exactly. Tied the game. Then he goes back down the court. Once again, hits Montrez for a dunk. And, you know, you, then Cincinnati comes back and scores. They, they go up by one. And then he comes back down. He passes the ball off. He doesn't take the bad shot. Rozier goes up in the air, throws it to him. Two seconds left to go to the game. He hits a rainbow jumper, number net. And Louisville holds on the win. Well, hey, man. You got a, a quick play-by-play what happened last with 11, 11 point something seconds left? Yeah. Man, I want to hear that. Can we hear that real quick? You got it. I want to hear it.
that's the end. That was, that was the call. That was the end of the game right there. And this man, Russ Smith, you know, he better believe out of me. Because I'm not going to lie, about five minutes ago in the game, after Russ took a very bad three-point shot from, like, beyond the NBA line, and it was, which was an air ball, way past his range. After he had a, a horrible turnover, I was like, you know what? Russ Smith, once again, towards the end of the game, choked it up. Down. We need to go ahead and get Jones on Zier and let those guys finish the game up. You know, it, I'm, I was wrong. The last, like I said, the last uh, 30 seconds to win the game, it was about two main games between Russ Smith, Marquez, hell, they put it out. But, you know, I'm about to give big props and a big shout-out to my man, Marquez, Harold Miller. Mm -hmm. Man, him and Matthew had a game. I mean, folks, they had a game. They were blocking shots, altering shots. The guys were coming there. They were actually afraid to take the ball up because of all the blocks between Matthew and Shrez in the middle. They actually, they, they controlled the paint. And this is the first time in a very, very long time that we have seen those guys play the way we know they can play. They controlled the paint. And this was, in my estimation, this was a very, very big win. This was the signature win, win that, that Louisville needed against a top 25 program and they on did. the road yeah. in a hostile environment. You know, this is what they need to do. Louisville's won, like, I believe, like six games in a row now. I must admit, this was not an easy one. Wilma controlled the game pretty much the entire first quarter. Mm -hmm. And they're right before halftime. Cincinnati goes on on a 10 0 run to end the half. Wilma takes over you know, uh, the second half, controls it all the way to about the five minute mark. And then, you know, Cincinnati goes on another 11 12 to, to old run. So I was in the game. Hey, man, I was sick in her studio, man. Yeah, like, and, uh, it came on at noon. You know, that's what I do, uh, my big show from 12 to 2. And, uh, man, I was in here, man, like, wow, Wolves on, on CBS, on national television. Man, I was stuck here, man. But so good. Update we won. Kentucky and LSU going to overtime, trying to 65. Is that right? So this has been a, a great day of basketball. Oh, man. Like coming down, you know, to the wire. But, you know, that was a, a marvelous game played by, by Louisville. I must say they uh, – you know, I, I I may be able to say that they may have turned the corner. Louisville, Louisville may you know with this Thank win, you. they may have turned the corner. Well, you you see what Jay Billis said on ESPN the other night, and Dick Ventel said that this team will go back to the Final Four once again without Shane Bahannon, without Gordon Day, without Peyton Seaver, without Kevin Moore. Four players off that national championship team last year. This team has enough to do. They're gelling together, as you said, they're gelling together. But hey, man, you got so much information going. You got the football. We talk about the NFL Combine. You know, what happened at the NFL Combine between Teddy Bridgewater and his hands? But his hands are too little. His hands too little, but, but you know, he had a comment. You know, we can get to that when we come back. Oh, man, you got so much From going this commercial on. break, what, what did Teddy say that may have silenced all his critics? We got that and much, much more. And my man, Rashawn Myers, is now headed back from Cincinnati. You know, he, he had to stay up there and do some interviews, things like that. He had to hurry and get back for the show. But, uh, but uh, he is on his way back. And when he comes back, we're going to talk to Rashawn Myers and get his perspective on the game. And also, what did Teddy say? They may have silenced all the script and 
Who's number one quarterback? We'll talk about that and much, much more when we come back on your Main Event Sports Show. Kevin Willis of Toyota of Louisville, 6514 Dixie Highway, is proud to present Louisville Legends. Call Kevin at 480 Pound for pound, inch for inch, the greatest brother combo to play collegiate basketball, and they wore the cardinal red and black. The brothers McRae came to UofL as decorated high school stars from Mount Vernon, New York in 1978. In 1978, Scooter was declared the number one high school player in the nation by most scouting and ranking services. Scooter's freshman year, 1979, he started in the center position and was known for his incredible passing skills. During Scooter's sophomore season, 1980, against the University of Tennessee, Scooter went down with a serious knee injury. In came little brother Rodney to replace Scooter at center, and the rest is legendary. With the moral support of his big brother Scooter, Rodney played fantastic and with a stellar cast of players, including the legendary Daryl Griffin, who went on to win the University of Louisville's first NCAA championship title. Scooter continued his career at Yeovil and left as the number 11 all-time assist leader with 349. Scooter was a second-round NBA draft pick by the Seattle Supersonics. After his NBA career, Scooter came back to the Yeovil campus as the assistant basketball coach under his mentor, Denny Crum. Scooter now resides in Louisville as a business entrepreneur. Little brother Rodney also had a phenomenal career at Yeovil, being a starter on three Final Four teams, 1980, 1982, and 1983. Rodney played 10 seasons in the NBA, his last as a member of the world champion Chicago Bulls in 1992 and 93. Rodney was honored as a member of the NBA's all-defensive team in 1988. Pound for pound, inch for inch, the greatest brother combo to play collegiate basketball. The Brothers McRae, true Louisville legends. Louisville legends. legends. This is a journey into It's J-Hass Celebrity Birthday Bash, and it's going down and going down real big. It all kicks off March the 8th at the Holiday Inn, 3225 South Hurstbourne Lane. We will have two DJs from Shelbyville, Kentucky. It's DJ Smurf. It's me, the world's greatest entertainer, DJ Smurf. And also the world's greatest DJ, Gerald the G-Man Harrison. It kicks off March the 8th. Doors open at 10 p.m. and we'll go to 2 in the morning. Come show your love for 104.7's J-Hats and his celebrity birthday badge friends. We'll also have a celebrity secret guest host. And you won't believe who it is. Tickets are $10, and you can pick them up at Better Days West, 2600 West Broadway, Suite 104. For ticket information, call area code 502-345-1169. That's 502-345-1169. It's a party you can't afford to miss. It's FM 104.7's J-Hass Celebrity Birthday Bash. Be there. And we're back. Your number one sports show, Haven Harrington, your host, Carlos Callum, and Rashawn Myers. Haven Harrington. And welcome back to the Haven Sports Show, man. Jerry, thank you for that awesome introduction. But, you know, while we're talking about that <laughs> awesome introduction, man, before I get to everything we have going on today, which is just huge, just massive, everything we're to talk about today, you know, we have to talk about here. What is coming up on March the 8th? And what's been doing a break, Jerry? 
During the break, you scared me. You scared me, man. Now, I was all prepared to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. I was all prepared to talk about Calvin Pryor. I was all prepared to talk about what Mike Mayock, probably one of the best evaluators of talent day. Yeah, that's what right. had to say about our two vocal stars. I, I was, was going to talk about all that. Marcus Smith. Mm. I, I was going to talk about all that. I was going to talk about what's going on at UK right now and overtime against LSU. Uh, there's so much to talk about, but you know, you hit me with something during the break that, that scared me. I want to bless somebody. No, Jerry, you don't. See, you don't want to bless somebody. You want to bless somebody. And what I mean by that, we all know that you have your, you know, your, your humongous celebrity birthday bash from here March 8th. Well, not one DJ, but two DJs, a celebrity guest host. You got people flying in from California coming down to hang out and party on your birthday. You got members of the Kentucky Extreme and the football team are going to be there. Jackie McCluskey, the uh, former Red, is going to be there. You got other former NBA and NFL guys who are not going to be mentioned just yet, but they will be there. My ground, but they will be there. They might be there. You know, you got all these guys going to be there. And tickets are only $10. That's it, just $10. Just, just $10. But you told me. I told you. During the break, that if they call. The next five callers that call your number, and this is this is a big thing because you almost never give out your. I mean, I barely got your private number. That's right. But, but you want to give out your private number. So the next five people that call 502-345-1169, you're gonna get a VIP pass. To Jay Hazard's celebrity birthday match. That's right. The next five people that call 502 345 1169, you're going to get, you're going to get a VIP pass to Jay Hazard's celebrity birthday match. This includes, and you're going to hang out with me. Uh, the whole main event sports group going to be there. Jared's going to be there. His, you know, his, uh, Secret guest announcement will be there. We got two DJs. And, you know, on, on top of that, Jack McCluskey, the Reds. Uh, you know, and other, we got the guys from uh, the, the champion MMA guys from Bad Dog MMA. You know, we have them on our show all the time. You get to meet the guys from Bad Dog MMA. They're going to be there with the championship belts on. Uh, the mixed martial arts stars going to be there. We have professional boxers are going to be there. Uh, football, basketball, badminton. Uh, ice hockey, tilly wings, track, arm wrestling, the, the, the who's who of global sports scene is going to be at this badge. And the fifth caller that calls in is going to win those tickets. We already got two callers down. I mean, Jerry's phone's blowing up. We already got two callers down, so we got three more VIP passes left, which means you're going to be behind the rope. You're going to be in the, in the, in the VIP section and hang out with us. You may you know you may be just ride a limo as well, but who knows? Who knows? Because Jerry's, a, you know, with this VIP pass, Jerry's getting everything away. And, uh, okay, there, there's a third caller down now. He's, uh, we got two more winners left. So, hey, give us a call. The next two people call in. You can win two tickets. The Jay has this celebrity birthday band. The next two callers. So, hey, make it quick because the phone lines are blowing up. And I'm about to make a, a little 
pivot here, a little turn, and let's talk about a little NFL combine. Also, coming into the NFL combine, uh, you know, there's been a several knocks on Teddy Bridgewater, and one of the ones that surfaced today that you know, he measured him at six two and a half, but he was a little too light. So they said, you know, he needs to gain the weight. Now, granted, when he came into the combine, he was 10 pounds heavier than what he played during the season, but he still kind of slapped him for a small frame. And then the next big knock on him was that he has small hands, you know, that his hands aren't quite uh, as big as they would like them to be. I think he's like a nine-and-a-half-inch hands. So in comparison, uh, Johnny Manziel, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner and when a Heisman Trophy finalist, uh, he measured in only 5'11". Same size Russell Smith, nothing, nothing, you know. I'm not knocking the guy because he's short, but during the NFL, especially GMs and coaches, you know, they get caught up on the prototypical NFL size quarterback, and they don't think that Manziel's that prototypical NFL size quarterback at 5'11. Teddy's a little closer, six foot and a half. You know, but Teddy's too small. The NFL would like to have their quarterbacks. Ideally, they like to see a quarterback 6'4 to 6'5 or 6'6. Uh, somewhere around 230, 240 pounds, uh, so they can take kind of the pound that you think you're going to need uh, for the NFL. And then these two guys make it. Now, Manziel does have bigger hands, actually a lot bigger hands than Teddy. I think his hands like a 10 and a 10 and 10 and a half inches. Huge hands for, for a short guy. You know, Teddy has, you know, smallish hands. Uh, but, you know, even with that being said, you know, that's, and that's you know, kind of knock on Teddy. But even with that being said, in a couple of uh, teams, kind of making it known that you know they Teddy may not be as high as what they think he should be you know a lot of teams are now moving Blake Bortles the, the quarterback for UCF up into that that top position as the number one quarterback because he does have all the measurables you know he does have the size he does have the weight he has the prerequisite arm strength he can make all the throws um, you know he had a, he had a great season this year so now he's moved into some arguably say as the best quarterback in the draft. But the guy who I think is probably the best pronosticator of, of talent, the guy who can who, who can break down NFL talent better than, than than anybody out there I think in the game, Mike Mayock works for NFL Network. Uh, I think it's just a, like I said, I, I think he's one of the best in the game. He still has Teddy Bridgewater as his number one quarterback, even without the prototypical size of an NFL quarterback. Teddy has a, his arm is strong enough to make all the throws, but the, the number one reason, the number one reason he still has Teddy Bridgewater ranked as your number one quarterback is because he's smart. He can read defenses. He knows how to check in and out of plays. He is unflappable. When the pressure gets on him, Teddy does not panic. You know, he looks, he runs around, doesn't always you know, go to run the ball when he runs around, but he's always looking downfield. He's a very accurate passer, probably the most accurate passer in the draft. Uh, he does have a strong arm. He does have a very nice touch on the ball, and he has those great leadership qualities that, that you want to see in a quarterback. You know, it's like I said before, the ability to read defenses, the ability to check in on plays. You know, of all the quarterbacks, whether it's Blake Bortles or even Johnny Manziel, you know, Teddy was the only one that, you know, the coaching staff felt – comfortable enough in Teddy to go ahead and give Teddy the playbook and let Teddy call his own plays and all of it his own plays. You know, Blake Bortles didn't do that at UCF. Manziel didn't do that at Texas A&M. Teddy was the only quarterback to do that. So even all the other NFL GMs are kind of knocking Teddy. Um, you know, you can only knock, you, you can't knock him all that far because 
He was the only guy that had that type of responsibility. And that's what, according to Mike Mayock, is putting Teddy head and shoulders above everybody else. Now, the other thing Mike Mayock said, and like I said, I still think he's the best judge of talent of all any network out there, ESPN, CBS, ABC, NBC, all of them, and all the sports shows. I still think Mike Mayock does the best job breaking down talent. He still has Calvin Pryor as the number one safety in the country. So, and another, another thing they like about Teddy is that most quarterbacks in his position that are guaranteed top three quarterbacks, most of them don't throw in the combine. The vast, vast majority of them don't throw. They, they work out, they interview, and then they wait to senior day, and they throw with the receivers they know in, in uh, areas they feel comfortable with. Usually they're indoor practice facilities, someplace they know and are comfortable with. So that's, that way they can have the best showing. Teddy's out there throwing right now. Oh, is it, is it, did he decide to throw? Yeah, Teddy decided to throw, really? which, is, which is big. Yeah, well, you know, Blake Bortles uh, said that he was going to throw uh, this weekend. So, um, Manziel, I believe, uh, now that they, you know, now they said Teddy decided to throw, he's the only guy who's not throwing. And I think for Johnny Football, a lot of times the quarterbacks don't like to throw because they only want to, you know, make the throws that they're comfortable with to make them look as good as possible. You know, while the rest of these guys are going out there doing, you know, pretty much all the drills, the quarterbacks, because they're kind of the uh, the marquee guys, uh, you know, it's almost like the NBA. Uh, the NBA kind of the guys just go out there and interview, um, you know, ma- maybe do a standing vertical leap or something, let them measure their hands, and that's pretty much it. And that's kind of the way the quarterbacks are being counted. And, and, and Teddy's, uh, you know, and Teddy came out swinging. You know, Teddy's known as kind of a calm as a quiet reserve guy, but, you know, but Teddy told us, uh, so they got the NFL Network. He's he's no doubt the best quarterback in the NFL draft. Well, I think it's no, not even close. I, I think some of the ridiculous things I heard about Teddy's hands not being big enough. You know, I, I think at this point they're just trying to nitpick. I think that Johnny Football, a lot like Tim Tebow, is very polarizing. I think a lot of people want to try to help this guy who measures in at under six trying to make him into this legend where I, I've continued to say, if you look at the guys that have come out of this Mike Leach, Texas Tech, uh, you know, Texas a Houston system, none of the quarterbacks have done well in the NFL. Not one of them. Not Cliff King, Kingsbury, um, the, the young man who uh, is from Houston, uh, has had mixed results. Uh, the guy who's at Philadelphia right now, uh, whose name escapes me, uh, the quarterback plays for the Eagles. What's the, guy, what's the guy's name? Played at Houston. Oh, um, uh, well, whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, uh, n- none of the quarterbacks. Case Keenum, also. Yeah, is out there. None of these guys have played well uh, at the quarterback position. So this is that's the main reason why I have an issue with Johnny Manziel is because at the end of the day, yes, he played in the great SEC. He's still a system quarterback. He came out of a system that's known for putting up jobs of yards, both passing and rushing, and. You know, at the end of the day, that's not going to be the you know the way he's coached in the NFL. The Houston Texans run a pro style offense. How can you ask a guy that's never played in a pro style system, and you're going to take a 5'11 guy to play in a pro style system that he's never played in? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, th- to me, 
Teddy Bridgewater has played in the pro style system. As you said, he's been calling his own plays. I, to me, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, uh, Blake Bortles has got nice size, but they said his footwork is very messy. The release out of his hand comes out all over the place. He's going to be a guy that needs a lot of work and a lot of drilling. He, you know, there's a question mark on whether or not he'd be able to come in and start day one as a starter. So with that being said, and Teddy probably being the most athletic of the three, why wouldn't he? That's true. You know, just came back. You know, Teddy. It looks like Teddy may have changed his mind and started not. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it's to me. I don't know if it hurts you at all if you don't. I think that if you do grow, it does say something about. It. I think Blake Bortles is a guy who wants to show the work he's put in, uh, show that he's gotten more consistent with his football. So, I think Blake has more to prove than, yeah. than Teddy or Manziel because oh, Manziel won a Heisman Trophy, was runner-up this year. And, you know, Teddy has been Teddy for the past three years. So people know what Teddy can do. Right. But Blake, this has been Blake's, like, only his first year of uh, coming out. So. Yeah. so, I mean, yeah, he, he definitely has the most improved. But the only thing that you worry about is, you know, David Carr's brother uh, from out there at Fresno State uh, is also a guy who's considered a first-round type quarterback. If Blake goes out there and doesn't show well, you know, he could uh, all of a sudden see himself in a battle with Carr uh, for that third quarterback spot. Also not so <laughs> I give Blake credit. He's, 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 he's got some. Ava's all decked out in his uh, big red machine. I like that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know what? We're going to take this with Carl here. Checking out the huge win for Cincinnati. Kentucky just slid by LSU by one in overtime as well at home at Rupp. So they slid by and didn't take a debilitating loss today. I thought they were going to lose the game. They had an opportunity to lose that game. LSU really and truthfully uh, let the Cats off the hook. So a couple of big wins uh, for the local programs for different reasons. So we're going to talk about that and much, much more. We come back on your of Toyota of Louisville, 6514 Dixie Highway, is proud to present Louisville Legends. Call Kevin at 408-0888. 
from Hodgensville, Georgia, a young man came to the U of L campus with a dedication and inner strength to be the very best. Derek Smith was truly committed. Derek was known by his teammates as the facilitator. He made things happen. While at U of L, Derek Smith made quite an impact. Metro Conference Player of the Year in 1981, three-time All-Metro Conference Player 1980 through 1982. Starting forward on the 1980 National Championship team, compiled 1,826 points while at UofL, which ranks him sixth on the all-time scoring list. While at UofL, Derek Smith was credited while creating and popularizing the High Five, a congratulatory gesture still used today. After Derek's tenure at UofL, he spent nine seasons in the NBA and ranked the number one guard in 1984 and 85. When he averaged 22 points per game, Derek suffered a career-ending knee injury in 1991, but went on to be an assistant coach for the Washington Bullets. To the dismay of all Cardinal fans, Derek lost his life on a Norwegian cruise line in 1994 of a massive heart attack. Although gone, Derek Smith left a legacy. His son, Nolan, who followed in his footsteps and also played on the 2010 Duke National Championship team, Derek Smith. A true Louisville legend. Louisville legend. Second assassin, Big Pretty. I give you Rashawn Myers. Carnation stood up today, Habe. I'm hyped. I know you are. I know you are. Not as hyped as this man, but on the ones and twos, the sleepy eye himself, <laughs> my man Jay Hads. I'm not saying because you're tired, man. Got that one sleepy eye. <laughs> Literally, got that one sleepy eye. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Jay Hads. <laughs> I'm just kind of mad because Jay has done, he doesn't have on like any uh, velvet or, you know, he ain't got his, his normal snazzy, well, you know, you the know untied what? tie around his neck. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you why, man, because last week, Jay went all out with the troop jogging suit. <laughs> he did. And once you go with the troop jogging suit, man, you, you got to get a rest week for a week <laughs> because, you know, that takes a sink in. Best dressed man in the studio. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm telling you, man, look, the level with the studs last week, <laughs> man, Trooper been happy. I mean, no, that, you know, that, that, that wasn't right. Let me tell you something, man. You know, that was like right off New Jack City. <laughs> Living just enough. Just like the Dutta man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, but we, I do have a call on the line. Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, are you there, brother? <laughs> man, what's going on, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
my mother's uh, illness uh, returning for the fourth time, which was cancer, and that's what brought me back home. Um, so my mother passed in July of 2012, um, and that's just kind of how hope would die birth. Um, it birth just kind of going through a grieving time and not really knowing where to uh, put that anger at, and all of a sudden hope would die re-entered my life, and, and that was kind of like how I survived um, grieving uh, the loss of my mother. So. Um, a little bit about Hope or Die. It's a movement, not so much a, a nonprofit, but it's a movement. Um, it's, it's a little different, more of a ministry and a movement. Um, we are a seed planting movement. We instill hope back into individuals' lives. Uh, I just feel like we're in a time where people are lacking hope. Uh, they're giving up on themselves, and they're just kind of being content with what life is giving them. Um, I feel like we have to overcome the battle in our, in our mind first. That's how we get over things. So Hope or Die is basically a nonprofit. A movement to get individuals to be past their circumstances to reach their full potential. Um, whether it's overcoming fear, um, just anything, just whatever is stopping you from reaching what the goal is, um, we're here to help you with that. Um, and we're doing some amazing things in Kentucky. Uh, we've had the opportunity to work with Builders Club doing uh, vision boards with the cancer patients there. Um, we've been speaking at a numerous of schools, just again, reinstilling hope back into the community, back into the generation kids around here. Um, I'm a part of a generation that I feel that's kind of lost down here. They just kind of run wild, do what they want to do. So we're showing them and giving them the keys to success of how to uh, see themselves greater than where they are. You know, I grew up in the West End. I grew up in Village West, so I understand um, how that mentality can keep you defeated, but you ultimately have to get over those things and you have to move and know that you're better than where you are. So um, that's just, you know, just a little bit about we're doing a prom giveaway um, for, I believe it's a May, in May. Uh, we're going to give two lucky students a chance to win a free prom experience. Well, everything is completely paid for, um, but there are some, uh, I guess, regulations and, and rules that you have to abide by. Um, it's not just to anybody. It's to two students that are either in foster care, homeless shelters, um, any type of government assistance programs that house those particular youth. Uh, we want to target towards them. And uh, they have to answer a question, do an essay. Um, if you could make a difference in your community, what would you do? Um, again, they have to have a 2.8 grade point average, um, a 90% attendance in school. Um, and that's just kind of what we stand for. Just because you're in that situation doesn't mean that should affect what your grades are. So you have to still strive for greatness. Um, so we just want to bless those two students. Um, Everything, hair, makeup, suits. Um, again, I'm going to be custom designing the prom dress for the young lady that wins. Um, and oh, we just want to. Yeah, no, I got Sam Myers. They're going to do that. So Sam Myers <laughs> is going to do that. Uh, Texas Roadhouse is going to provide dinner for the students. Um, Dillard's will be providing shoes. Uh, we have Primary Cosmetics that will come in and provide all the makeup. Paul Mitchell will be doing hair. So we came with a, you know, a lot of people that really want to bless these two students. Um, and give them a night to remember um, because who knows, maybe they didn't have the finances to do that. So we want to be able to make sure that we can provide them with, with the lifetime experience and, and to pursue them to continue to follow their dreams. So. Wow, that's, that's powerful. Now, let me ask a question. If any of our listeners, mm -hmm. if they know to you that that fit these parameters, who do they contact? What numbers do they contact? Email, website, or you know, what's the contact information? Uh, as far as the contact information, you would go to uh, Um From there, you can download the rules and regulations, the application. 
um, the email is provided on there, and there's a phone number also provided if you have uh, further questions. So. Is there also a Hope or Die Facebook page? Yes, Hope or Die Facebook page. Um, there's Hope or Die uh, Instagram pages for all the people who have Instagram. Um, it's Hope or Die 78 on Twitter. Um, pretty much everything is Hope or Die across the board. So if you type in Hope or Die on YouTube, the YouTube videos come up. Um, anywhere you can type Hope or Die, we're pretty much logged in everywhere. Okay, now I also see that you have uh, some of your your compadres here. <laughs> okay. In, in studio, I, I, th I think they want to be quiet. You, know, you probably want to no. say anything. Yes. Um, but anyway, I'm about to call people out. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing because I have two. Um, you know, God has blessed me with two wonderful. Actually, we have four people part of the team, but we have two in the studio, and uh, they could definitely they could definitely tell you a little bit about why they um, have decided to join Hope and Die and all that. I agree. And, you know, and, and it's Hope or Die 78 on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Don't have like uh, like 31 followers now. Uh, well, so oh, you know, we oh, need, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. We need, no, we, we need these guys to be oh, out. Sweet. Yeah, we're about to get that up. Yeah, yeah buddy, we're about to get that up. I appreciate it. We're about, we're we're about to get that up. The streets, so, you know, we're definitely, we go around. Um, so, hey, we're about help to get us that get that up. Out. I can now see why you have to tell people you're from Kentucky. I, I see it now. As soon as they do, that was straight New York. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's, it's wobbly a little bit. No, it hasn't. <laughs> the, 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 the New York accent's still there. Well, that's my second home. I love New York. And that's your first home, right? That's a <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky has become your second home. It has. The, the accent switched like too quick. Dutton. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn. You know you want to say it. From Brooklyn, the Bronx, yeah. Boogie Down. Oh my God! Go ahead and say it. Nah, I mean, Shotty. That's it. What up, son? You know what? There's, there's nothing wrong with that. See, the man of this Porsche is come on, just be yourself. Right. No, I that's mean, right. hey, I, this is me though. That's you right. See, I mean, if you're New Yorker, traffic, Kentucky, that's fine. I, am, I really am. You, you, can, you can bring our favorite black, black. You can bring our favorite back yeah, here to the mean. kids. You know, I mean, like yeah. especially the fashion yeah. designing. Yeah. I, I know a lot of guys are trying to get in the shoe game and, yeah. and don't know how saying. about that's to get in the shoe game. Um, I mean, we have so much going on for Hope and Die. Like uh, it's endless. Um, we, you know, remember back in the day, Teen Summit. Yeah. We're gonna be doing that this summer. So I mean, we're gonna bring a lot of things that have not even been done to Um But it's, it's more or less to get this generation to see past what the world has given them.
but but I tell you what, I, I definitely like the message um, that, that that you all are delivering um, because I, I do work with a lot of young folks. Um, I actually do a lot with Sunday school and things of that nature, and dealing with uh, you know the, the young folks. A lot of times, fourth, fifth, sixth graders, uh, and t and talking to them, uh, just the perspective that mm -hmm. they have of what making it is yeah, is crazy. you know getting a car. Yeah. That's nothing. And these kids think that, that, that's the that's yeah. the top. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I, you know, definitely trying to help them, yeah. you know, expand those boundaries and those types of things. You know, we're definitely appreciative. We're getting a car is making it. You know, if you can take them tart. I mean, it is, but <laughs> it's that's like a step up, but that's not the top. When that's all you, uh, you know, aspire to be, and I think especially in the African American community, um, our kids are so uh, they're drained with entertainment and, and the lifestyle of flashy things, not even realizing, but education is, is the most important thing. Um, even though I did not go to college uh, only for like a year or so, but I literally went up to universities, got books, when they told me I couldn't get back into the grind school. So I took that extra mile. So I think it's important that we have to start instilling those values um, and responsibilities back into the kids in this generation that we're in. They just kind of, uh, as long as it's on a rap song, it's like, oh, that's what I want. Um, yeah, you might want to go so you're saying that so you're saying that two change is not a good uh, example <laughs> to go? We have to remember it's entertainment. Yeah, so when you're not showing your kids a different thing, that's to entertain you. That's it. You have to go beyond that. You know what I mean? You can't stop at just what two change is doing. When two changes careers over, what is two change gonna do? Well you see, I don't <laughs> you know what I mean. See, like actually actually got me beat because I don't even like introduce like two change to my kids. Like <laughs> no, you know, you're not paying yeah, attention to two change. Because you know, okay. the because I get from kids, yeah. like I got you know, going to college, he's always like, well, you know, 2 Chains has a, uh, he's a college degree, he went to Alabama A&M, his dad's a preacher. So I'm like, well, you know what that means, 2 Chains is. And he's like, well, what's that? That means he's a minstrel. Because <laughs> he, he, like he knows better. He like, Chief Keith doesn't said. know better. Right. See, Chief Keith gets a pass. He doesn't know better. He's talking about guns and stuff. He's ignorant. Don't <laughs> mean ignorant isn't stupid. Hey, I mean, real. he's just that's ignorant. He doesn't know better. 2 Chains is educated. He went to and black college. Put the black, put the, put the makeup yeah. on, yeah. put the little white lipstick on, the, the black glove, yeah. go on BT, get the soft shoe on and there. I've seen it all, you know, and, it's, and I think that's why. From the black real estate, uh, I can say this. Like, I can say the word <laughs> cooney. I think it's important to understand that that's just entertainment. Like I said, I work for BT, I work for all of those production companies. And when the cameras are off, when all that stuff is gone, these people are depressed. They're, you know, they're trying to figure out what's yeah. next. reading, you know, this summer we're going to do a reading um, program where uh, back when Pizza Hut used to make the kids read to get a free pizza, so we're trying to do something where we get that back into, the, you know, the community. You can't depend on the school to always do it. It's your parents' responsibility to teach kids values and show them, you know, different books and all those books and things. So, um, we're, just, we're just ready to help this, this generation, um, not so much with this generation, but the generation before even me and the ones that are to come. Um, we can't wait on change. You have to Yeah, you know what? And let's turn the mic over because then we have we have the crew here trying to determine who's gonna be on the mic next. <laughs> oh, we'll take a break first. Okay, you know what? Uh, our producer says let's take a quick commercial break. We come back. We have another member of the Hope or Die crew, and then we know we, we actually will get into some, some uh, into some sports maybe later on. 
when we come back on your main event sports show. Welcome back to Maven Sports. I have your host here, Haven Harrington, joined in studio by the great one himself, the sleepy eye bandit. <laughs> Jerry J. Has has a big birthday bash coming up March the 8th. Hey, that's the Don King of Louisville. That's say. right. We got Rick Fox in the studio with the Braves breaking it down <laughs> on the phone, looking out the window, looking impressive. Had a great basketball game out here last week. He balled yeah, out of control job. for YMCA. Yes. That's what's up. That's what I'm talking about. I also got some breaking news here. Uh-oh. This is true. Now, people tell I'm joking. We need to teletype when you do that. We don't have that. No, we don't. The breaking news. I'd, I'd work on that. Yeah. Now, people think I'm joking all the time because I do joking kid quite a bit. But I'm, I'm serious. Uh-oh. Eighth grade quarterback, Zadik Dinkelman, commits to LSU. What? Eighth grader? Yes. Eighth grade quarterback, commits to LSU. He won't make it to campus. Yeah, that's, that's the most ridiculous thing I've no, because wow. between 8th and ninth grade. He's in middle know. school, man. Yeah, I know. You can't commit. I mean, I'm, I'm committed. His uncle said he commits LSU, which means. Oh, good for you. Yeah, which means the offer never was <laughs> extended. It was like, yeah, okay, great. I'm committing. 
Can, can I just commit to a school like right now? Yeah, you can. You, yeah, you I'm committing to the University of Louisville people right now. Boom. Uh, which one play? I don't know. So I'm every sorry. sport. I'm going to be a two-sport two athlete. I'm going to commit to uh, <laughs> K-State. <laughs> there you go. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be a – You still uh, got that track speed? For the over 50 crowd, yes. I <laughs> for the 40 and overs, yes. I'll, I'll be in the Bluegrass State games killing folks for 40 and over. There you go. Get your walkers out. That's right. Get the walkers out. Get the orthopedic uh, nurse's shoes. I'm ready to go, baby. <laughs> oh, not the isotopes. You know it. Wow. You know what? With the special uh, socks that, you know, for circulation your legs, <laughs> I'm going all out. I'm going all out. I'm done with you. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I would even wear the throwback shorts from the 80s. No, not the long ones. The real short not, ones. Not the, the John Stockton. Yes, the John oh, Stockton. wow. The Huggers. Please don't. That's right. And we run around that track. Hey, I felt embarrassed for Wade Houston. Of course, they brought back the old uh, Louisville Cardinals, which I love this week. They brought out Wade Houston, Eddie Whitehead. Uh, the guys, the original players that kind of that broke the color barrier at the University of Louisville. Yes, the um, first uh, guys to integrate yes. basketball south of Mason Dixon. Although, yes. it must be said, the Louisville football team, was integrated about five or six years before then. Yes. The basketball team was just catching up. No, they were just catching up, and they brought them out, and just listening to them this week and the stories uh, that they had about, uh, you know, breaking the color barrier and, and you know, so many things that, that Wade, uh, the, some of the issues and trials and tribulations that he went through, it was uh, absolutely amazing. So I did want to give kudos to the University of Louisville for bringing those guys out. And, kind of and I will say that Wade Houston is the most important man in Louisville basketball history. You can, you, 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 you can deny it all you want and say it was Denny Crumb. I'm going to tell you right now, if it wasn't for Wade Houston bringing in that talent. Ace recruiter. UofL never would have won those two champions. Camden Connection. And you think I'm joking? Huh? Then all you got to do is think about this. As soon as Wade Houston left, went to Tennessee, what happened to Cardinal basketball? Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Bam, That's there a good is. point. I know. Very good point. That's why I get paid to do what I do. I still get upset thinking about Allen Houston going to Tennessee. You know he's the fifth all-time leading scorer in NCAA history. It hurts. Did you know that? Yeah, that's Yeah, and if he was here with his dad, another championship. Oh. Another championship. I, I, I mean, Allen Houston and uh, LeBradford Smith on the same basketball court. Ooh. Jerome Harmon? Oh, come on now. The guys who dunked over tables at the, at the uh, Kentucky uh, Derby Classic? Yeah. I mean, this I know, it brings back memories. But, yes, and I, I agree with you. Wade Houston was a huge uh, – everything that Denny – did uh, Wade was definitely his right hand man. Batman I mean, and Robin been able to go Kinda out there and get the, the, the McCrays to Louisville. Ham and Burger, um, <laughs> Milt Wagner, and just you know Kevin Walls and, and so many great players. Wade was uh, directly linked to. So no, he, he's definitely a Cardinal great, uh, and I was glad to see him get on it. Awesome. Man, you know what? That that that, one, that whole hour went by quickly. But before we go, we have to introduce. Uh, we got some more members here. Hope or die. Yes. So I had to do some quick introductions here because they came in the studio, so we got to put them on the mic. Come over here. We need names of what y'all all about. That's right. Make it quick. Give me 30 seconds. That's it. That's not good. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm a preacher, really. We anyway, can put you back on. I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> anyway, my name is Tracy Simmons, and I am a part of the Hope of Die movement. And my name is Love Beverly, and I'm also a part of the Hope of Die movement. There we go. Quick and simple. And you know I what? Like Our hour is up. I'm going to be when I need to be. Come on next week, won't you? I mean, it, it's no. 
Same time and same place? Same back channel, same back Let's time. do this. I'm cool. We can talk sports all day long. There we go, then. Bam. Next week. But we got to talk about Kentucky basketball, though. That's fine. We don't want Kentucky basketball. Yeah, they slid I mean, by today. They did. They did. You about got, got it in today. I got to give y'all points. But we got to talk about the Big Blue Nation. There's we no way I can be in the studio and we not talk about Big Blue Nation. Well, next week, we'll talk about Big Blue Nation with you. Oh, cool with that. Right here next week. Same awesome. bad time, same bad same channel. Same bad channel. There we go. And like like the end of every show, without any struggle. There is no progress. Peace.